Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. tonight that today that's a loaded question isn't it and uh, I just want you to stay connected if you will for just a minute I know what time it is I know how long we've been here I'm not trying to uh, twist the blade off in the ground but I feel like the Lord is really speaking to our heart something and so while uh, while things are tender I pray that the Spirit of God can just minister in our lives I've been talking about faithfulness and so those of you have joined us in our second service in Sunday school uh, I'm thankful for what God has placed in our heart, the privilege and the opportunity that God has given us to be able to invest ourselves into the work of the kingdom of the Lord, not just with uh, natural things, but to invest ourselves spiritually. But, of course, everything can't be spiritualized. There's some real things that have to be done. And uh, so we have to put our our shoulder to the plow, so to speak, or to the wheel, and lean in and make sure that we are faithful in every area. And God has promised that He would be faithful to us. And I'm going to tell you that I am looking at a congregation today of men and women, uh, and not a few, that can lift your hands and say that God has never failed me. He has always been faithful. And so I want to reciprocate that faithfulness. We talked about faithfulness in our worship and faithfulness in our praise and faithfulness in our giving. Certainly, we want to talk about a few minutes faithfulness in our attendance. You know, uh, many times people have their ear to the ground and they're searching through uh, various passages of Old and New Testament scriptures looking for signs of the end time. I believe that one of the signs of the end time is given to us in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. The scripture says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. So I believe that there was a forewarning that that reminds us that, that the darker the hour, there are people that can lose their love. And their commitment to things. And so, so much more as you see the day approaching. We need to lean in more. I think if any one of us were to be polled after church, we would admit uh, that no matter how limited our understanding of the worldview may be, that we realize we are living at a very critical and very unique hour. And so this is not the time to be playing church or playing around with church. Amen. This is the time to be giving ourselves and every conceivable sense and I realize of course that always there are things that can happen in our life the ox can get in the ditch things can prohibit us from uh, being in every service health things can uh, prohibit us from being in every service and I hope we know that I'm not painting with that brush today I'm talking about people that have the ability to be here but have just opted otherwise and you know I don't want to invest in something long term that's going to take me away from church I don't want to, I don't want to marry something, adjoin myself to something that's going to keep me away from the house of God. 
Amen. I want to make sure that I am there because I've got to be here to be fed. And when I get here and fed, that's where my spiritual strength is going to come from. And so when we miss the spiritual nourishment, it's the same thing as missing natural nourishment. And so if you don't eat, you're going to die. Things begin to shut down physically. And you don't just die in a moment. You don't just die in an instant. But just little by little, uh, things begin to shut down. Think that same thing happens spiritually. When we don't eat spiritually, and I'm not just talking about sitting in your lazy boy reading your Bible, and I'm not just talking about watching Jimmy Swaggart on the television. I'm talking about being in the house of the Lord to receive nourishment, to, to receive fellowship, and let something be imparted into us. And so if at all possible, we need to be here, and not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but revivals, any, any, uh, anything, that, anything that's in the schedule, we need to make sure, if at all possible, that we are here to be a part of that. And I'm talking about in a corporate sense. I know that uh, we have always something that's going on generally, like uh, maybe for a specific thing, young men, young ladies, or young, young people, or whatever different demographics of the church. I know we do things like that that are specific, but I'm talking about in our corporate worship services. In addition to our faithfulness to the house of God, I think we ought to be faithful, faithful to the ministry. Now, I realize that I am teaching this as the pastor of this church, so uh, that puts me in a little bit of a precarious position, but I would be remiss not to teach on these important topics. And so, uh, and so we're, I'm not just talking about me, this man you see standing before you today, but I'm just talking about being uh, faithful to the ministry at large. We need to listen to the teaching, we need to listen to the preaching, and then be obedient to that teaching as it concerns your life. I believe when we confess with our lips that so-and-so is going to be my pastor, God heard that. Amen. Amen. So there was a, there is a connection. There is an attachment there. And so we become accountable then to the ministry of that particular leader. And so we need to submit ourselves, uh, to, to the decision of pastors and leaders and ministers in the church and unto the Lord. And, uh, I think it's very imperative that you don't listen to gossip about the ministry. Amen. I'm, I'm mean with all my heart. The scripture says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Now that, that doesn't, that doesn't put me or as a minister or any other minister in an untouchable place. Understand that a minister is going to be accountable to God and God will let all, God will wash all of that out and God will take care of that. But I'll promise you that you don't want to put your hands on the ministry. And I'm not talking about something that I'm asking you to do. I'm talking about something that I abide by very rigidly in my life every day. And I have more than one witness in my life, but I have a great witness that lives with me every day that knows that I, we are very cautious in these areas because I don't want to be in trouble with God. David just touched the skirt of Saul's, uh, the, the hem of Saul's skirt. And got in trouble with the Lord. And so we need to make, make sure. And so, uh, you know, the, the old thing about gossip, it's, it's not just the person doing the talking that's a gossip. It's, uh, the tongues and the ears are involved there. And so uh, when somebody starts to say something, I'm telling you, we've had people in our home before that wanted to talk about the ministry and we just stopped right there. We don't do that here. We don't do, not here, we, but we just don't do that, period. I don't want my son exposed to that. I don't want my family exposed to that. I don't want that spirit, that attitude in my home. Amen. 
Amen. You know, by the same token, I would say that to somebody trying to break in my house. I don't want you here. You're not welcome here. I've got my family here. I'm protecting things here. I don't want that spirit in my house. And so we just need to realize I'm thankful for the errands and the hers of the Scripture that are willing to lift up the hands of the ministry. And I'm going to tell you, and please don't take this as a bemoaning statement. I'm not. But I'm going to tell you, the hour that we're living in, it's not getting any easier. And if there was ever a day you needed to lift up, and I'm just going to ask you, I ask for very little. So I'll ask today without, without shame, if you want to do something for us, lift up our hands in prayer. Stand beside us and let the Spirit of God help us help you in this church. The book of Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that hath the rule over you. That's an unpopular word in the society that we live in. Here's another unpopular word. And submit yourselves. Here's why. For they watch for your souls. Amen. They watch for your souls. We're not talking about somebody with a, a, a ego trip or a power trip here. But we're just looking down the road to say this may not be in our best interest. This may not be what we need to do. And here's why. Because we have to give an account. We have to give. That's what the scripture says. That they may do it with joy and not grief. Because he said that is unprofitable for you. The last thing you want to happen. The last thing I want to happen. Is it that day that the Lord mentioned my name and somebody that is my shepherd dropped their head? Amen. I don't want them to drop their head. That would be unprofitable. We need to be faithful to the, uh, to the, the to the, the mandates that God has placed upon us, not only uh, in these areas of giving and worship and praise and faithfulness to the ministry, but we also need to be faithfulness to the uh, to the subject that we talked about Wednesday night, which was the the separation and holiness, or uh, the word I'm looking for here tonight. To this right now is escaping me. Sanctification, that the process of being sanctified to allow the Spirit of God to walk us through, and and don't don't get frustrated because you're not ten years down the road, three days into your walk with God. But ten years down the road, you don't need to look like you're just three days into your walk with God either and act like that. There needs to be a growth process. I taught on that Wednesday night, and so I'll just move on that. But I will say this just to interject this, that in an age of such immodesty, everywhere you go, I ask this question, what's wrong with modest living? I told my wife yesterday, this is a side note, I didn't plan to say this today. I, I ran to town yesterday afternoon to pick up a few things. When I got home, I told my wife, I said, I just don't, I don't get it. More than half the people that I ran into in a store, I can't even imagine they would have walked out in their front yard like that. Am I just too old-fashioned for you? Much less just went to town. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just I thought, my Lord, help us. And so I asked the question, in an hour of such immodesty, what's wrong with modest living? Amen. I saw some fathers yesterday that I wanted to tap on their shoulder with their young daughters walking behind them. And I wanted to ask, sir, what are you thinking? Where in your, where in this world is your mind? What? Do you, oh, Lord, help us, help us, help us. Amen. We need to be faithful to God when even things are going tough. Yes, sir. 
We're here today because people kept going when things got tough. They didn't let that separate them from God, from prayer, from their commitment. Amen. And so I'm thankful for that. In, in our text, Acts 9, our text in our, in our first service, Saul, who would later be called Saul, was on the road to Damascus, had an incredible experience. Uh, he had... He had been standing there when Stephen was stoned and was at that moment on the road to Damascus miraculously converted in Galatians 1, 13 through 18. I won't read that for the sake of time, but it tells about the things that Paul did after his conversion. Amen. This man spent three years in Arabia learning of God, no doubt in much prayer, sitting at the feet of many. He went, then spent 15 days with Simon Peter in Jerusalem to talk to him because Paul wanted to make sure that everything he, that he understood all he could about the Lord. Amen. He, he wanted to match what Peter knew and what he had experienced with the teachings of Jesus. And so if you can say nothing else about Paul, you have to say that he was faithful to that vision. What God birthed in his heart on the road to Damascus, he didn't set that down later in his life. As a matter of fact, Paul was so committed to what happened to him on the road to Damascus, it was Paul that wrote the words, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but it was Paul that said, if a man or angels were to come preaching any other word, let them be accursed. Now, that's a broad statement when a man says, let an angel be accursed. Let an angel be accursed or a man be accursed. Why? Because he had a real experience on the road to Damascus and he wasn't willing to divorce himself for that, from that. And so it made him faithful. No matter how he felt, in prison, out of prison, when people were praising him and where people were mocking him, he was faithful to that. Paul said this to the church in Rome, Romans 8 and 38, what an incredible, powerful stance, especially from a man who had the scars to prove and validate this. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm thankful for faithful people. We're here today. Thank you, Brother Everett, for that report just a moment ago to remind us that it hasn't always been like this. Hasn't always been this way. Just small tent into a living room, into a small meager wooden building, into uh, and, and all of these, of, of course, were upgrades at the time, but none of us would want to go back to that. But it started small and very innocent, but people just kept being faithful, 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 faithful. And so with this, I close. His name was Fred McManus, and you've heard me share this before, but it just branded itself in my heart today. And so I just had to include it. His name was Fred McManus. He preached in southeastern Mississippi and southwestern Louisiana in the early 20s or thereabout. He came through a community, just a small community probably from what it is described, much like we are in today. He went out into the woods, made a little clearing, built a small, very humble brush arbor and began to preach and people got saved. One 17-year-old bride was shelling peas in the barn the next day after the service began. After Brother McManus, the night before, had preached about the Holy Ghost. She didn't get the Holy Ghost that night. She didn't get the Holy Ghost under that old brush arbor in that innocent and humble setting. But the next day, while she was sitting in a barn with others shelling peas, and she began to think on those things and began to pray, God miraculously filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That 17-year-old girl 
would later be the grandmother of Brother Jerry Jones, the current General Secretary of our organization, the United Pentecostal Church today. Brother McManus had a small congregation, just a few people. However, as it was in those days, and there's not many here today that can remember this, but certainly it is documented that many times back in those early days, preachers didn't really stay. They would just come preach for a little while and then move on. But when Brother McManus left, another man came by the name of Willis Hill. And he had, although Willis Hill felt his call to preach, he knew that he wasn't a pastor. However, he also understood the task at hand of what needed to be done. And so here was this small little handful of people without a pastor. And so he just stayed with them. The church didn't really grow any. As a matter of fact, it began to digress. People began to leave. There were nights when no one would come. No one would show up. But as the history tells us, Willis Hill would light the lantern and sing and preach as though the house were full. There were even days that his own family, due to sickness or whatever, would not be there. And when he would arrive at the church, there were times he would just preach to an empty building. But by faith, he just kept pressing on. After him came another man by the name of Roy Dykes and then ultimately a man who would come and stay by the name of A.E. Carney. All of those men are gone today. However, they left behind them a legacy to be cherished. While while some would think that these men just wasted their lives, they were in the middle of nowhere in a small town that would be destined to remain small. Maybe their lives and their ministries had been wasted. They'd spent all of those years in the shadows. While there are those that just simply assume these men would have nothing to their credit but wasted years, they spent those years pastoring just a few people. Yet despite the fact that most of those names that I mentioned to you a moment ago were not even recognizable to the vast majority of this congregation, from that church, from that humble beginning, from the... From the efforts of someone who just went and made a clearing in the woods and built a brush arbor, 20 preachers, 20 preachers came out of that church, came out of that church. Two of those 20 have served on the general board of the United Pentecostal Church. District boards all across our fellowship have many preachers that are serving that have roots back to that church. Some of the pastors of the largest churches we have in our fellowship either came from that church or they're... Preacher Daddy came from that church. So I don't know what you want to make of all of this today, but I'm going to tell you, here's what I take away. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. There were not a lot of people standing in line to pat these men on the back for all of their effort. But I'm going to tell you, the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. At the judgment seat of Christ. Those that have passed from this earth in faith, are going to be introduced to men who literally, among those men, have preached around the globe. And there were days they thought, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if I'm getting anywhere at all. But you see, they were pushing seed into the soil of a soul that would one day bear a harvest even long after they were gone. Amen. I'm thankful for faithful people, aren't you? Let's stand together today. Amen. Faithful. Just going to be faithful. Just going to stay committed to this. 
just going to wrap my arms around this. I'm going to hold on. Good times, bad times. When things are sailing well. When the seas are calm. And when the storms are raging. I wonder if we could lift our hands together. We're going to conclude our service today with this song. Let's magnify the Lord today in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.